0: Welcome back to Millennial Mental Health. I'm Stephanie Conter O'Hara, licensed professional counselor. And today I have a guest with me. Her name is Namratha Rohak, and she's a yoga therapist in training. And I'm going to have her actually explain a little bit more what that means and her journey and why this has been such important work for her.
1: Thank you, Stephanie. So I know when people think of yoga therapy, They think of, you know, kind of like what you do. So, sitting on the couch and listening to your clients' problems. And that is not what it is. A yoga therapist, we meet one on one with a client, sometimes in groups. Uh, And what we do is we have a little discussion, you know, about their lifestyle, a little bit about diet. We kind of get a whole. Understanding of what their lifestyle is. And we figure out just by how they describe their lifestyle, the imbalances they have in their life. And so when we figure out those lifestyle, the lifestyle and the imbalances, what we do is we give um, yoga tools to help them with that. And it's not, you know, if you go to a yoga studio, you'll probably do like a 60 minute asana practice. And asana means, you know, the physical postures. So what we'll maybe do is maybe give like three yoga poses to do. A pranayama, which is a breathing exercise, maybe a couple of lifestyle changes. And, you know, a, and there's so many different kinds of yoga tools that we can give. So I don't know if you want me to go over like, more yoga tools, because I think people just know asana as yoga, they don't really realize there's pranayama. And there's also different kinds of yoga. So
0: yeah, I think it might be helpful to kind of explain the difference between like asana and the other, um, things with yoga. We had a yoga therapist on in season one, not a yoga therapist, a yoga teacher on in season one. So she really dove into more about the asanas. So yeah, I think exploring other aspects of yoga could be really helpful for our audience.
1: Sure. So, you know, asanas is a physical practice. So there's many different kinds of the physical practice you could do. So there's restorative yoga. Restorative yoga is literally, you want to get into that parasympathetic nervous system. And the parasympathetic nervous system is the rest and relax. We want to get into that nervous system as much as possible. So you're literally just laying on the floor. You're supported by, you know, yoga bolsters, yoga tools, Pillows, blankets, whatever. You basically are like on a cloud. I like to describe it as being on a cloud. And then um, yin yoga. So yin yoga is you're getting into the joints. So it's a lot of static movement, and you're not as supported as a restorative practice. So you do have um, you do have props with you, but it's more static where you have to be as still as possible, and you'll you'll feel it in your joints. And usually with yin, you'll be in that pose. For about like five to ten minutes, that's like the sweet spot. And vinyasa, which I'm sure many of your listeners are familiar with, is that flow, that really fast flow. And then there's hatha. So hatha is very similar to vinyasa. It's slower pace, so it's a lot of breath work with asana. And there's um, there's something called yoga nidra, which is which is more of I like to call it as like advanced napping. Um, so the the uh, the goal of Yoga Nidra is to get into um, this yoga. See, this yoga is so complicated. I'm always trying to figure out how to like describe it. But, you know, it's advanced napping, basically getting into your brain waves. So the beta waves, the alpha waves. And yeah, I mean, that's like I can get into it a little bit more, but it's going to be another like 30 minutes.
0: To talk. <laughs> Fair enough. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. People definitely don't realize how comprehensive yoga really is as far as like a way to support a healthy lifestyle and healing from trauma.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I went into yoga personally for a physical practice. And as I have expanded my knowledge, I, I'm thinking, wow, this is great for people who have gone through trauma, people who have, you know, gone through grief and loss, which is, you know, what my niche is um, helping women who have gone through loss. And, you know, it can even help with anxiety and depression. Yoga doesn't cure anything. Let me just put that out there. Yoga doesn't cure anything. It's, yoga gives you tools to help you when you're going through any of these conditions.
0: Yeah. Off, like, just like therapy, right? Like therapy doesn't heal quote unquote anything. It's a, it's a journey and it's a process to give you tools and build insight. And it sounds like yoga could be, or yoga therapy could be very complementary to that experience. So yeah, why don't you explain a little bit more about like your, your niche and why you're so passionate about, um, helping women with loss, um, as yeah, what you're kind of working on. So
1: I, right now, like I said, my niche is grief and loss. And, you know, I've gone through a personal experience. Last year, I lost my grandma um, during the pandemic and I couldn't go see her. So I did a lot of yoga, which helped me with that. I did a lot of yin yoga, which has helped me release those emotions, meditation, journaling, um, a lot of tools that has helped. And then last year, I went through a really traumatic pregnancy loss at 14 weeks, so which was very intense because the way it happened was unexpected. Um, I had to be at the hospital, and um, my husband really couldn't be with me at the time, so I had a lot of you know physical and emotional trauma. And so I, I don't many people don't know how yoga can help through t- those times. You know, we think that, okay, when we go through grief and loss, people think you're going to go through anxiety and maybe depression. Those are two things. But as I'm going through my grief, I'm really realizing there's so much more to that. For example, I um, I got TMJ because I was really clenching down on my teeth. And I didn't realize it. I thought I had an ear infection. So what happened was, Yoga has helped me through that because what I'll have, I have a mantra. So you know, I have a mantra where you know, today I'm fine, everything is okay. You know, it's a very simple mantra. I meditation. My meditation practice has changed a little bit. I don't like music before my TMJ, and now I need to have music, and it kind of gets me grounded. And you know, sometimes when I have, I have ringing in my hair due to the TMJ, so it just gets me grounded. And you know, meditation and Journaling helps tremendously, you know, during grief to get all those emotions out. And I think it's a lot of self-awareness too. So with that grief, I would realize, okay, I'm feeling a little anxious and angry. And I would just have a piece of paper and just journal, like free, free write, which got all my thoughts out and I felt so much better. Um, But yeah, I just want to, I want to bring the tools of yoga so people who are grieving, who have gone through a loss, because not many people know that it can be really helpful during that time.
0: Yeah, I think grief and loss is one of those things that people don't feel comfortable really talking about very much, right? It's like, oh, I don't want to talk about something so depressing yeah. or something so sad, which sounds like could be a really helpful tool is to use yoga because you, there's not A lot of talking that probably needs to happen. Like in in yoga, it's more of movement in your body and in your breath, and um, the use of journaling and meditation.
1: Exactly. Yeah, and I think it's a lot of uncomfortable feelings. Um, Me personally, what I this is like this is my opinion. What I've seen in society is when we get uncomfortable, we don't release those emotions. We We have, we kind of cover it with some other behavior and yoga can help you go through those uncomfortable emotions and have that release. Now it may feel weird at first, but you know, it's, it's super helpful. And for like, for me personally, when I was first going through my emotions of grief, I, you know, I love to eat, I have a sweet tooth and I would always like grab for something, sweet to comfort me. You know, I needed that comfort. So I was, I brought, you know, I was self-aware. So I'm like, okay, I keep doing this. I see this behavior and I see that I'm doing this when I'm feeling this way. What can I do? So in that instance, what I would do is I'm like, okay, I'm noticing that I'm grabbing something sweet, not because I want to eat it because of comfort. And so I would literally just sit down and put like my hand on my heart, on one hand on my belly and take really deep belly breaths which are really good for anxiety sitting up or lying down and that was so helpful or even if I had time like I would do maybe one or two restorative poses and I just felt comfortable you know just laying down feeling like I'm on a cloud so yeah I think it's really hard talking about grief because it's uncomfortable and you don't want people to think that you're being a pity like a you know a sad person but in reality that's that's life. And I just, you know, I wish people would be more open to it, honestly.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I think kind of what you mentioned a little bit earlier is really true on a larger scale when it comes to grief of people. There's this book called The Body Keeps the Score and it talks about how trauma is held in the body and loss is definitely a trauma. I think people may not always classify, like maybe the lay person may not always classify as a trauma. Um, but it is a trauma just like, you know, other t- types of traumas that exist. So your body, like when it experiences trauma, like tightens up usually, like that's the response. Like I'm going to tighten up all of my muscles in my body, including, you know, that's probably why you ended up with TMJ. Cause you're just like clenching your teeth all the time. And so having yoga access like the parasympathetic nervous system and, you know, breathing and intentionally making an effort to relax rather than turning to other types of quote unquote coping skills, like eating or maybe overexercising or drinking. Some people turn to, or binge watching TV, like all of that could probably be classified in like unhealthy coping skills. Where like okay. doing things that involve yoga, I imagine would be classified most times. Obviously, you could become addicted to anything, <laughs> but um, you know would be classified as like a healthy way to manage it and healthy way for your body to like unwind from the trauma that it's experienced.
1: Yeah, that's um that's definitely true. Uh, I haven't, you know. Before before my losses, I've I've never dealt with anxiety. I never dealt with you know whatever has been going on because of my trauma, which was such a different thing. You know, I didn't have anxiety. I was I was a really great sleeper. Um, you know, life was I don't want to say easy, but you know, I didn't have any of that going on. And so after that happened, my my life has changed. It turned like upside down. I remember one time I just wasn't able to sleep. And every single time I like closed my eyes, I would get a knot in my stomach. And that was the scariest thing for me because sleep is, you know, sleep is natural. And I remember just being in bed and I was stressing about, you know, like, why am I not closing my eyes? And I was like, okay, I'm not closing my eyes because I get this knot in my belly. And finally I went to sleep and I realized when I went to sleep, I was like, okay, the reason I'm not going to sleep is because I'm stressing out about this. And so I went back to that deep belly breathing exercise, which is so simple, you know, and it is considered yoga, which is very interesting, you know. So I did my deep belly breathing, really, just really noticed my body and I was able to go to sleep. Now, you know, that was me. This may not work for everyone. You know, say, for example, I do have like a yoga therapy client who is having trouble sleeping. i give them like three to four different ways to help them. So for example, I may be like, all right. Get into a routine. So maybe if you watch TV right before you go to bed, turn off the TV. Maybe do one or two restorative poses. Create a routine that helps you get calm, where you feel like you're ready for bed. Um, but yeah, it's it's been definitely interesting this whole year, and it's been um, it's been like very self exploring, I guess. So
0: it really seems like yoga and these other outside of the asana practices have really helped further your ability to, to heal and, and cope with um, the losses that you experienced.
1: Yeah. I mean, it has, like I said, I, I originally went into yoga just for the purely physical practice. I, I was the type of person who did hot yoga. I had to do the handstands. I was a person who was like, okay, I'm going to perfect my handstand so I can take a really cool picture on the beach You know, and so, which was fun, you know, that I'm not saying people who do that shouldn't do that. I'm just saying like, that's, you know, that's, that's their way of practicing yoga, just the asana. But I don't think many people know there's all these therapeutic ways where the meditation can help. And there's so many different kinds of meditation. You know, there's, there's a body skin where you're just focusing on different parts of your body, there's a loving kindness meditation, which can help bring compassion and empathy towards yourself and towards others. And, you know, once you bring compassion towards yourself, um, that you, it'll help you like deal with other people, people who, who you are going to have issues with. And, you know, I did the loving kindness meditation a lot because I realized when I went through grief and when I went through my pregnancy loss, I had a lot of friends who kind of just stopped talking to me maybe because I felt uncomfortable. I don't know why. And I was so angry at them, you know, because I'm like, okay, you have to, why'd you hear for me? And so the loving kindness meditation really helped me um, bring some compassion towards myself. Like you have, there's nothing wrong with you. Cause I think the underlying thing was what's wrong with me, you know? And so when I was doing that, I, I felt at ease. And then I'm like, you know what, they, maybe they feel uncomfortable, but maybe they don't know what to say. And so that really helped me during that time to the loving kindness meditation.
0: Yeah. When I first went back to therapy, well, not the first time I went to therapy, but one of the many times I had a therapist that was trained in dialectical behavior therapy. And she recommended that I start doing yoga, more of a therapeutic um, type of yoga. And I remember there was this one class that I did. It was, like, a restorative trauma-informed class um, in Tampa at the studio. And even though I wasn't going through any, like, specific trauma, like, then in that moment, like, I felt like there was an emotional release that that occurred, like, on the mat with the bolsters that I wasn't anticipating or was really surprised by, I guess, as the best way to describe it. So I would say, even if you feel like you haven't been through anything that's quote unquote traumatic, like it could be helpful for a lot of people, I would think.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, even people who have like high stress jobs or stressful lives, you know, it restorative yoga is great for that. I think, I think the reason why restorative yoga is, is so great for that relaxation because you're literally doing nothing and you, and you're just, you're just literally lying there, but supported. So you don't have to put effort into doing like putting your arms into a different position, or you're moving your legs, like you're literally just lying there. So I love restorative. Um, I think, I think there's a bad rap because people maybe think it's lazy, or you know, you're not really getting a workout, which is a totally different thing, you know, with in the fitness industry or the yoga industry where you have to work hard to get results um i think rest is important rest is as important as movement honestly mm-hmm. that's what I, and that's what i've learned from yoga you know as i'm going through my training i'm realizing a lot of these things that people are going through you know stress anxiety depression um they just need to take time to to rest rest mm-hmm. and relax and, you know that's not like you said it's not just sitting from the tv watching hours of netflix it's literally just lying and even if walking in nature you know that is a kind of rest just getting away from all those electronic devices honestly
0: yeah i i think it's really interesting we have this culture around doing and if you're not doing or producing or hustling then somehow you're lazy um and you know asanas are great right and they are a type of yoga, but that's not the only type of yoga like restorative, I think I don't know is like to to me is more healing than doing asanas i mean i don't know, I don't know most people's favorite part of yoga I'd imagine is shavasana at the end. So why not just yeah. have like a whole hour <laughs> class just doing that in different um supported uh poses.
1: You know what? So yoga nidra, what I mentioned before, you are pretty much in savasana. savasana. And um, and I'll, I'll, I'm going to try to make the explanation of yoga nidra brief. But basically what we're doing is we're going through different parts of, you know, the first thing you're doing is you're doing a body scan. The next thing is like visualization. And there's reasons of why we all do that. You know, it's and it all comes to like the basic yogic perspective um, called the kosha bodies, the yoga kosha bodies. And the, the Swami, so the person who created yoga nidra, the reason he created it is, you know, he would be reading, um, some very intricate yogic philosophy to these boys in the school and they were sleeping. Um, and, but when they woke up and he asked them questions about this yogic philosophy, they were able to explain it. Like they were up, Like awake listening, so he kind of put two and two together and was like, "Okay, this can be, you know, really interesting yoga practice." Now I don't remember the year that it was created, but I know the story behind it. So it's it's interesting. You know, you you would think that when you're sleeping, you're not really paying attention, but you know, to have that sort of aha moment is pretty interesting. But yeah, so yoga nidra is like you're laying down in savasana, and it's very therapeutic too. Usually it's used for people who have gone through trauma Um, and it's, there's a certain way you can do it. Like you you can't just read a script. You have to understand how to read the script. And when the students are in yoga nidra, there are signs you need to watch for just in case they do get triggered.
0: Yeah. I'm curious um, if you could maybe explain like a little bit more about how long this training is and, you know, I guess, what's the the value for people to trust in, in yoga therapists? Because I think sometimes people are like, oh, you know, they're just like a yoga teacher. They just like learned how to do like the asanas yeah. and they work at, you know, I'm not not to bash any places, but they work at like core power or, they, <laughs> you know, maybe yeah. they work at some, you know, 24 hour fitness and teach a yoga yeah. class, like yeah. in the back of the gym. So, I, so yeah, so I was hoping you could maybe explain like, how different this is and why it's like special so
1: okay i'm gonna i'm gonna briefly describe all the you know just there's three main yoga trainings 200 hour yoga teachers very basic um 300 hour hour you learn a little bit more now with 200 hour and 300 hour trainings they may go on to get other trainings like you know trauma related trainings or maybe just in Yin Yoga, or restorative, or for prenatal, postnatal. So while they may have a 200 hour or a 300 hour, that they may have other certifications too. So with a yoga therapy perspective, it's it's like a master's. So I'll be in this program about it's going to be three to five years, and we you know we work with medical professions, professionals. Um, and we have clients too. So we have people that we work with, uh, the, the program that I'm working with, they are going to help us get clients. And it's that we have mentors that help us while we're working with the clients. So it's very, there's philosophy, but then there's also medicine combined. So you're like learning a lot. And, you know, yogic philosophy has a lot of science behind it too. So we're learning the science of that. Um, but it's, you get a lot of training. So a yoga therapist is very different from a yoga teacher. We have a lot more training. I mean, we're not like we can't diagnose people, but we can help them if they're like, okay, I have this certain condition. I will know the yoga tools to be like, all right, you can try these to see how I'll help.
0: Yeah. It kind of sounds almost like treatment planning in the same way, it's, like yeah. a behavioral health person um, yeah. would help someone. Like, oh, these are your goals, this is your symptoms, These, this is your diagnosis, and here are, like, very s- specific strategies to go a- about it, rather than, okay, everyone in mountain pose, right? Or, yeah. okay, now, yeah. you know, <laughs> exactly.
1: do something and different. And that's the thing, you know, there's nothing wrong with going to a yoga class purely for asana, for the physical aspect. But as yoga teachers don't take into aspects the, um, the imbalances you might have. You know, someone may come in with a slight scoliosis. Unless your eye is trained to see that that person has slight scoliosis, you're not going to be able to give those modifications. So there, that's where I have an issue with really large yoga classes because you're not going to be able to help everyone. And those imbalances may come back up because... You know, they haven't told the yoga teacher what's going on.
0: Yeah. And I think in those larger uh, classes, even if a teacher does ask, Oh, is there anything that I should be aware of? I imagine a lot of people are, are tim- intimidated yeah. by raising their hand, like, Oh, I have like, you know, special circumstances, right? Like, yeah, I know, exactly. I've gone into studios, and they've asked that. And I'm like, Well, I've had a surgery on my wrist. And Oh, I have scoliosis. And Oh, I have like, Problems with my shoulder, but do I ever like volunteer that information? Hardly ever, right? Like, I would have to be with the teacher that I trusted more.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, just a little side note of, you know, if you do want to try group yoga classes and you want to, you know, go to a studio or a teacher who you think will be useful or helpful, you know, I would say look into their credentials and beforehand just be like, hey, I want to tell you this is what's going on. And you know, if that yoga teacher is a good yoga teacher, they will make sure that you will be comfortable. And I think that's, you know, like you said, people are are timid, but, um, you know, it's, it's it's better to speak up than, you know, get re-injured or, you know, triggered again. So.
0: Yeah. And I think finding a a yoga teacher or a yoga therapist that like suits your needs is really important. Just kind of Mm -hmm. like finding a therapist that, that suits your needs or a doctor that suits your needs. You don't want to just go to Mm -hmm. to anybody. You want to go to someone who you can trust.
1: Yes. Very, very good advice. Yes. (laughs) I like that analogy there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So is there any other... Um, thoughts or information that you'd like to share with our listeners about yoga therapy or, you know, your, your passion behind, um, why offering it was so important to you? So
1: I would say if you are interested in, you know, learning about different yoga tools, and if you're like, if you've purely done asana, it's going to be a a little weird, you know, it's going to be a little different, you know, not ordinary, but, um, you know, take your time, be, uh, be open and, you know, play around and see what works for you because one yoga tool may work for some person and another one may not work for another one. So just play around and see what works for you because not every yoga tool is for everyone, but yoga is for everyone. Oh, before, you know, one more thing. (laughs) I just want to say yoga is for everyone, every body type, every religion, Every gender, like yoga is for everyone. So don't feel like you have to look a certain way or be a certain way to practice yoga.
0: Yeah. I think that's a really important message I went to before the pandemic. So maybe like 2019, I went to this uh, training um, about body inclusivity and how to like teach yoga in a way that's like body and gender inclusive um yeah. because I think sometimes that's missed. Um, so yeah, yoga is for every single person and try not to be intimidated by what you might see people on like Instagram doing or Facebook or whatever. Like you can you can do yoga, you can do there's so many different types. There's chair yoga, right? You could even start off with that. Yes, there's like fancy, smancy people who are doing things like aerial yoga but you don't need to start there and you don't even have to ever get there in order to be a yogi either.
1: So. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I know Instagram and and Google are my worst enemy looking at stuff. I just have to be like, all right, blinders do not look at that. (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs) Well, um, where can people uh, find out more about what you're doing or find you directly? So on Instagram, you
1: can find me at Tranquil Lotus Yoga, and I have a website. It's www.TranquilLotusYoga.com. And I also have a Facebook page, um, and it's Tranquil Lotus Yoga. That is my company.
0: Okay. Well, that makes everything succinct and easy. Everything has the same name. (laughs) Yes. Well, thank you so much for being on today and hopefully everyone learned a little bit about yoga therapy and if nothing else was introduced to the idea, I'm sure a lot of our listeners, maybe this is like a brand new concept. So I hope that everyone feels like this information was helpful and that yoga therapy and yoga is for everyone.
1: (laughs) Thank you for having me.